This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Eben Brown. We recently spoke with Flor Hassan Nahum. She's the deputy mayor of the city of Jerusalem in Israel. When we spoke, the state of Israel was preparing for the arrival of U.S. President Joe Biden. While Israel is going through some of its own political growing pains, heading towards parliamentary elections once again, the country was sure excited to welcome another U.S. president at a time when Israel is enjoying commerce and security as a product of the Abraham Accords. Even Saudi Arabia, which still has no diplomatic ties with Israel, this week announced it would, for the first time ever, allow the world's airlines to use its airspace to reach Israel. The president would also meet with Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas, and then he would head to Saudi Arabia. All of this, the U.S. policy with regard to the Palestinians and the Saudis, affects Israeli life, and she talked about that. Now, we bring you plenty of fresh interviews each day during the week, and sometimes we have more to share, like this one, with Fleur Hassan Nahum. So we'll play it for you now, our entire interview with her. Thanks, as always, for listening. And please, if you haven't already, subscribe to us. You can do it on your favorite podcasting app or at foxnewspodcasts.com. Now, here's Jerusalem's Deputy Mayor Fleur Hassan Naum on the Fox News Rundown Extra. So we'll uh, we'll begin right now. And uh, I guess the, the first question to ask you is... Um, it's always obviously a big deal when the president of the United States visits another nation, especially an ally nation uh, such as Israel. But I think it's specifically um, uh, it's a special time in Israel because so many things have been happening ever since the signing of the Abraham Accords and this growing, um, really a growing change, I think, in the almost in the in the makeup of the political makeup of the Middle East. Israel is becoming more and more welcomed as the neighbor it's always been. Uh, so talk about how important this visit is and what, um, you know, what the Israeli people will hope uh, will come from it. And and obviously, such as a public servant, such as yourself, who's not just involved as the deputy mayor of Jerusalem, but also in, in uh, your international roles as well and with the Abraham Accords. So let, let's let's hear the whole gamut. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> So thank you so much, Evan, for having me on your show. Um, look, I think that it is very different. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, President Biden is coming to a very different Middle East to what he visited uh, the last time he was here as vice president of the United States, uh, because the Abraham Accords, which was signed almost two years ago now, has changed everything. It has created a paradigm shift and a realignment of the Middle East. There is no longer, and this is an important point, there is no longer an Arab-Israeli conflict. There are, of course, conflicts in the region. There's the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. There's everybody's conflict against Iran. But ultimately, the Arab world is no longer at war with Israel. We have, of course, the normalization and peace that came with the Abraham Accords. We're talking about the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, even Sudan, even though we don't know what the situation is over there. Um, and 
And what it's also done is, which is very interesting, that even the Arab countries that we already had peace with for decades, it was always a cold peace. It was never a people to people peace. And what the Abraham Accords has done is kind of redefined the meaning of peace in the Middle East. And when you just look at coal numbers, look at last year's trade numbers with Jordan and Egypt, it's doubled and tripled. And when you look at the fact that we've had peace for decades with Egypt, and only recently do we have a direct flight to Sharm el-Sheikh um, and to Cairo, that tells you everything you need to know. There has been a shift. The Arab world has now accepted that Israel is here to stay. It's a regional partner. It can be a partner. And this philosophy, of course, of Israel's a peace for peace rather than peace for any type of uh, land that we have to compromise on or, or solve this problem. Otherwise, we won't talk to you. That that era is gone. I'm very happy to say. And, and President Biden's visit here is an important moment to be able to crystallize that realignment because the United States can still play an incredibly significant role. I, what, what do you, you know, I, I have I've been to Israel. It's been a long time. But, um, you know, my when you when you live in the United States, everything is so is so big. You know, the people in the United States rarely ever get to their capital city. They most likely will never see their president or any high-ranking federal official in person. They exist as, you know, two-dimensional figures on television. In Israel, that's not the same. You, you very likely can walk into a, you know, run into a member of the Knesset on the street or, you know. Um, so how do the average, uh, the average Israeli citizen, you know, what's different for them over the past couple of years, would you say? They, they have to be excited about this. Every Israeli citizen has a uh, true skin in the game with regard to armed conflict because of the nature of conscription and and family in, involvement and whatnot. Unlike again, unlike an American citizen who very likely, you know, any any conflicts are are in foreign lands. And, and you know, they, they're often just, again, images on television. It's much more real for an Israeli citizen, Jewish and not Jewish, for that matter. So w- what have the past couple of years have been like, you know, in, in terms of the, the palpable feeling Uh, out on the streets, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, anywhere. Well, I'm glad you touched on that because this is the week that I've sent my son to the army for the first time, my oldest son. So you really (laughs) hit a very, very uh, important, if not sensitive point. But absolutely, look, I think for Israel, it's more than that. It's a psychological acceptance that even though we pretend we're tough and that we don't need it, but people are really thirsty for it. People want regional acceptance. It's so lovely that we can now talk about the environmental issues in the region as a region, the food security, water security, energy shortage as a region. We can band together uh, as a region to solve the problems of the region. It seems obvious, but Israel was an isolated party. We had to solve our own food crisis in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s. We had to solve our own water crisis. We had no neighbors to trade with. We had no neighbors to talk to. And so for us, this acceptance, believe it or not, is very significant. And if you just see the hordes of people on the flights to the UAE, you will understand what I mean. Uh, And it's been good also for the Jewish and Arab relationship in the country, because as you know, Israel has 20% uh, citizens um, from uh, who are Arab citizens of Israel. And for them, 
this has been incredible because many of them who have businesses in the Gulf, many of them who wanted to travel to the Gulf to see other people of, of their background and religion now, now they can do that. And every time I fly to the UAE, half my flight is Arab Israelis. Many of them are like, oh, we're business people. We have to fly through Jordan before we have to do this. And now it's so easy now. And so it's been not just good externally for Israel's regional position and Israel's, uh, you know, regional acceptance. But it's also been great for Jews and Arabs in Israel to, you know, to give it, we, we've all got kind of a new permission to like each other, which and call each other cousins again, which is very significant. And that's why and that's why President Biden really comes to a very different region. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, the president will also not just visit... Um Israel proper, but also uh, um, Palestinian lands as well. Uh, he will be meeting with Palestinian officials. What is your hope for those meetings? I know that uh, the Israeli side may not be very much involved with those meetings, but what is what is the hope that the president can do in those meetings? Uh, because, as you mentioned, so many wonderful things are happening, and yet the, the Arab neighbors closest to you, uh, there is still conflict. And, uh, and so what can the president do in this regard? Well, I think the president has to be uncompromising, and, I, and I'll say why. You know, ultimately, I believe that um, when you are funding a regime or you're helping fund a regime or you're part, of a, you're part of a consortium that is funding a regime that is paying terrorists to kill Jews per Jew, you get a prize. When you're funding a regime uh, or you're helping fund a regime uh, through UNRWA, where 58% of the money uh, given to UNRWA is used for educating Palestinian children with a school book that teaches incitement, glorification of martyrdom, anti-Semitism. You know, you have the power in your hands. I'm not saying stop the funding. I'm saying make the funding conditional on their steps, which, by the way, they uh, they committed to in Oslo almost 20 odd years ago. They committed to these things in Oslo and nobody's held them to task and the world keeps writing checks. And so the president could really affect that. And if he managed to convince them that this is what he has to do to build um, steps, confidence steps uh, for us to feel um, a bit more confident, then things could move forward. But how can we move forward and uh, and even begin to talk peace with a regime that's paying people to kill us? The president afterwards will travel to Saudi Arabia. This has sort of been the big um, uh, quiet elephant in the room. And because uh, it, Saudi Arabia, obviously, is such a big power and are we going to or should we expect some some news out of this out of this trip? We I think everyone is waiting with bated breath for more cooperation between Israel and Saudi Arabia, not just cooperation, but but involvement with one another uh, akin to the Abraham Accords. Um, and we know that El Al can can fly over Saudi Arabia to its way to the UAE and Bahrain. But uh, what is there anything new coming that we should we should be expecting? I mean, is this this is supposed to be a you know a happy a happy trip, right? 
I, I, I'm optimistic um, that this is going to be a happy trip. Look, ultimately, I think from the perspective of Saudi, when we see the run up to the Abraham Accords, what we see is a lot of under the radar normalization, Israeli companies working in the UAE through third parties. Um, and now we're seeing the same thing. So we're seeing a similar build up. I don't know when the peace with Saudi will be announced. And I'm not optimistic that it's going to happen next week. I wish. Um, but I believe that at least we're moving in the right direction and President Biden can push that further. Uh, and once the realignment is complete, in other words, the countries that want to move forward, the countries that want to work for their people, they want to bring peace and prosperity and development. Those countries actually created some type of body, the way that we're talking about a, uh, a trade a consortium or, a, you know, um, like like the equivalent of the EU, but in the Middle East or something similar in terms of an economic arrangement, then we're really going to be putting out the radicals and the Islamists out of business. And that's good for everybody. So you're, you're also the you or you are the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. So let's talk about Jerusalem and what what people should know about Jerusalem in, in the year 2022. Uh, of course, it, it's an ancient city, but it's also a modern city. And because of the Abraham Accords, you, you not just have Israelis visiting uh, Gulf states, you have Gulf state citizens visiting Jerusalem for the first time. You a lot of uh, Arab Muslims coming into Israel and Jerusalem for the very first time in their lives. They, as as many Jews thought, peace might not have happened in their lifetime. A lot of these men and women had never thought they'd see Jerusalem in their lifetime. So, what is it like to to have? this renewed interest, uh, both from a, a tourism and a business perspective for the city of Jerusalem, because that in and of itself is important than, than just it's Israel as a whole. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, we've had for decades an incredible amount of Christian pilgrims coming to our city in busloads. It's a very important part of our tourism in a city of the livelihood of small businesses attached to tourism in a city. It's very different. It's even very hard to, to, to separate businesses that aren't touristy, because even if you're a cafe in a central location, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be enjoying uh, the tourists. Um, and so I'm very excited that we are now at the cusp of a new era of pilgrims, and that is the Muslim pilgrims from the, from the, uh, um, Gulf. So it's not been hordes of people for a number of reasons. First of all, in March, we only really opened our gates in March because of COVID. Um, once that was open, you know, people are, are waiting. The summer will be a good time because it's very hot and most people in the Gulf actually leave. And I think they have to hear from their friends that it's okay. You know, these things take time. Israelis are very brave. They get on planes. Oh, great. They've made peace with us. We're going. You know, it takes a little bit more time and there's more and more groups. I meet a lot of the people who come here um, and and. And when I'm lucky, I get to take them around a little bit. So it's it's a it's a it's a trickle that will turn into a stream, and I'm very much looking forward to that. And we're preparing the infrastructure in the city for this new era of Muslim tourists. And of course, we are engaging and embracing uh, many of our Arab residents in the city who are involved in the tourism industry to also enjoy from this new prosperity that will be coming. All right. Fleur Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of the City of Jerusalem in Israel. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown. Thank you very much. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.